Now, 630 Chad presents The Elks This Week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game. From the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Good Saturday morning, football fans. And, oh, we are so close. Big week last week for the Canadian Football League with the Canadian Draft and the Global Draft. Big week coming up this week because it's the start of training camp. Rookie camp opens up on Wednesday. Main camp will open up on the weekend. And the Edmonton Elks and the rest of the Canadian Football League will be on the field. Just a programming note as we start off today. This is the penultimate episode of the Elks this week on Saturdays. We'll be switching to Mondays coming up uh, before the Elks' uh, first preseason game, our first regular season game. Uh, and next Saturday, though, at this time, uh, actually more than at this time, from 9 to 10 next Saturday, we'll be down at Commonwealth Stadium where we will uh, be uh, bringing you the show live as the Elks go through their medicals and physicals. So we'll have uh, hopefully talk to Chris Jones, talk to some players, and uh, keep you all informed. And when I say we... It's not the royal we. It is an actual we. Myself and Dave Campbell, who joins me now. Hey, Dave. Hey, how you doing? I'm very good, thank you. Uh, appreciate you uh, stepping in. And you're going to wrap things up on the show this week, looking back at the draft, uh, which was on Tuesday of last week. Uh, the Elks kind of surprised people with their first pick, but uh, they seem pretty confident that they've got a guy who can make an impact and probably play this year and play a lot. Yes, indeed. Uh, Michael Broderick, who is uh, from the University of uh, Montreal Carabin, which is a very good program in uh, Canada and youth sports. Uh, 6'2", 222 pounds, had a tremendous combine here in Edmonton. And the format was supposed, the format changed to extend it to include more football related activities with the 12 on 12 and offense, defense drills, that sort of thing. He stood out. He had three interceptions during team periods and just turned heads. Uh, the fastest linebacker in the 40, a 4.59, his uh, short shuttle. So that just basically tells you how agile he is. Four two nine, he's quick, and he's also someone who is physical and tough, and someone who can be a leader on the field. Uh, you know, there's a comparison to Mike O'Shea, um, who is a man's man when it comes to football, and uh, Michael Broderick fits that as well. Interesting because you said it was a surprise. There was a lot of chatter, and I'll get to it in the next segment about just kind of how the Elks maybe got to this pick. Um, because of course, Lawal Guac from Edmonton, who was at, at, at played at TCU, they made the national championship, losing to Georgia. But uh, you know, obviously, he had a lot of interest. So I think overall, the the Elks wanted to get bigger and tougher and faster. And I think you look at their special teams; they want to get better there. And we'll see. I think they're they they may have gotten better in their special teams with their picks, especially with Broderick. Uh, Guac, by the way, went seventh overall to the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, in the second round, the Elks did go local with that pick. Uh, Jake Taylor was uh, taken from the University of Alberta Golden Bears. As we said, more on the draft with Dave coming up after the break on today's show. Uh, if you want more online, head to 630ched.com to read Dave's coverage of uh, everything that happened on Tuesday night at uh, the CFL Canadian Draft as far as the Elks were concerned. Certainly a lot of big boys were selected, uh, and that's one thing they wanted to do is get bigger, get faster, and get stronger. Okay, what we're going to do right now for the next couple of minutes, and this is by request. We had a couple of tweets uh, come my way. People wanted to know about who's coming, who who are the Elks this year? Uh, so we're going to go over uh, position by position. Uh, who's coming, who we expect to be there, and where the real fights for position are going to be. Uh, we'll start at quarterback because that's that's quick. Taylor Cornelius, Trey Ford, and uh, Kai Loxley, who will, I believe, be a full-time quarterback this year. 
may get re- used in the receiving corps in an emergency purposes. And then Dave, they'll have to figure out who the who the uh, the practice roster quarterback is going to be. But it's yeah. we're pretty much set at QB. Yeah, I think so. And this is going to be a quick uh, synopsis. So buckle up, people. Click here we go. Uh, yeah, Taylor Cornelius. Yeah, uh, Taylor Cornelius obviously is the number one. He's got the starter money. Um, he got most of the starts last year. We know Trey Ford got into a couple of games, especially at the end when Cornelius got hurt. Um, Taylor Cornelius, boy, you salivate at the things he can do on the field. Uh, he can throw the ball anywhere on the field. He can definitely, he's mobile. We know how tough he is because he took that huge shot from Hinoch Mwamba in the second last game of the season, found out later he had a ruptured spleen. Two things that need to improve. And played the rest of the game with that ruptured spleen. Which is, which that, is nuts. Make that note. Yeah. It's nuts that he did that. Two things we need to see from Taylor Cornelius. One, interceptions need to come down. Completion percentage, secondly, needs to go up. And I think if he does that, I think they will be uh, a better football team. He'll be a better quarterback. Uh, for the uh, for the reason of brevity, we'll uh, skip over the running back spot because Kevin Brown's going to be the running back. Kevin uh, Brown. Uh, he was delightful to watch in the tail end of last season, and we expect big things from him. So we'll leave the running back spot alone. Uh, receivers is where it's kind of a mess. Uh, not not it's a in beautiful a beautiful mess. Way. It's a it's a wonderful mess. You're absolutely right. Coming back will be Dylan Mitchell, who like Kevin Brown was spectacular at the end of the year. Uh, Manny Arsenault also coming back, uh, but they've added some new faces and some pretty good faces as well. Eugene Lewis, let's start there. East nominee for most outstanding player, third in the league in receiving yards, second in catches. Um, not the fastest receiver, but he works. He works. He works. He's consistent in production, and he made Trevor Harris look good on a number of throws last year in Montreal. That's huge. Uh, Stephen Dunbar, big contract. They, I think it's the second richest contract or the third richest contract in the league at two hundred grand. Um, he had a thousand yard season right on the dot, and he is a lot like Kenny Lawler in body type and in ability. He just needs to be more consistent. I, I think this is a bit of a risk for him with the contract that he has, but he's got the measurables and he's got the skill set to, you know, to really get it done. And Kyron Moore, who Chris Jones knows really well, who's going to be the primary returner as well. Uh, Kyron Moore is going to, I think, be used in the offense to, to catch a lot of the short stuff and make things happen with his legs, and he's someone that can explode down the field. And who got forgotten in this whole equation? Dylan Mitchell, who in eight games last year, really seven, because first uh, first game he wasn't a, re- uh, a receiver, he was a returner in Ottawa. Um, he had uh, he was a third-leading receiver in just like seven games played. He was tremendous. To me, the biggest question at receiver is how do they fit five Americans in? And that's going to be something to watch, how much each of them plays and where Gavin Cobb or any other Canadian receiver who, who makes the team this year will figure into the offense. But that will develop through training camp. Uh, it also might be a part of the equation on the offensive line. If they can up their Canadian content on the offensive line, that would might be up to Josiah St. John, who they signed. And when they signed him, Chris Jones kind of hinted that when he drafted him in Saskatchewan, his mistake was not playing him at tackle. So maybe he sees him as a tackle. Although they got uh, they got Ivy and they got Garnett coming back and and Garnett had a not a very good start but got yeah. way better as the season went along last year when he was when he was brought in I think the in the middle is is pretty set with Foku Cordy and Jack Cordella uh, uh, it's that that offensive tackle spot, especially on the right side, that I think everyone's going to be watching at camp and see who gets it. Yeah, exactly, and. Uh... 
I think that it's going to be a competition. Ivy is going to be pushed by Josiah St. John. And I'll bring in another name, uh, Samuel Tomasin, who was with the Alouettes. He was a draft pick a few years ago and played for the powerhouse Laval Rouge or big body. So I think they do want a Canadian at tackle if they earn it. Josiah St. John hasn't really shown that he's capable of doing it week in, week out. And Martez Ivy has. The problem is Martez Ivy has a bit of an off, on and off switch. Birth certificate aside, uh, the number one thing they'll be doing is protecting the quarterback no matter where they were born. So that'll be the, the top priority. Okay, let's switch to defense now and talk a little bit there. Uh, defensive line, Jake Ceresna, Jamin Pelly are going to anchor the inside spot. I'm looking forward to seeing Jamin Pelly for a full season as a starter. I think the, the, the sky's the limit for that guy. Uh, and we might not see him after next year, after this year, because uh, he might get a chance at the NFL. Uh, AC Leonard was signed, which was a great signing. He'll they needed a better push. They needed to get to the quarterback a little bit more than they did last year. They'll do that. Matthew Thomas is coming back. Christian Rector's coming back. But the guy I'm interested in seeing, Dave, more than anybody else on the defensive line, is Daniel Ross. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know who he is. I know he's been here before. I know he was here all the last year. He got hurt in training camp. We never saw him the rest of the year. But, Dave, every time you and I talked to Chris Jones about the D-line and we talked about injuries, he would bring up Daniel Ross all the time. So he obviously believes, to bring him back after an injury-plagued season, obviously believes there's something there and he's a difference maker. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it. He's got to stay healthy. I mean, that's the biggest thing for Daniel Ross right now. So we've heard a lot about him. Oh, he can be a difference maker, like you said, but we've never seen him. So that'll be interesting. To me, uh, I think the key is on the edges. I think inside they'll be fine with Ceresnan and Pelly and whatever depth they have. And Rector is going to be someone that you can bounce inside and out. I mean, everyone on that line can basically do it other than Pelly. But can, uh, what's AC Leonard going to be like coming off of an injury-plagued year? Uh, 21 season, he was outstanding. Last year, he was pretty average, and an injury was a part of that. So D-line pressure, it was, you know, I mean, we did games. They had four one week, then they had none the next week. They had none the next week, then they got three, and then they got none, 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 four. It, like, it was too inconsistent. Got to be more consistent on the D-line. All right, so that's the D-line. Uh, quickly, let's go over linebackers, where there'll be a really good Canadian content uh, there with, with Adam Konar and Enoch McConza, who's going to get a full year as a starter, and, and potential's big for that guy as well. Hopefully, Niles Morgan stays healthy, but they've got the backups there as well. The Apollons are here uh, now, and as we mentioned about uh, about the draft pick with Michael Broderick coming in. So I think they're set at linebacker. I'll go real quick with this answer. Yeah. If Niles Morgan stays healthy... This is a very good defense, especially in the run stop. Yeah. With Morgan in the lineup, they allowed over 80 yards rushing. Without him, it was 50 yards more, like about 130. If he plays, he is going to be phenomenal. And uh, the defensive backfield, uh, it's going to look familiar, but it's also going to look like a lot of change. Uh, first off, Ed Ganey's coming back. We're going to welcome Aaron Grimes back into the defensive backfield as well after a year away uh, due to knee injury. Scott Hutter will return after a really breakout season last year. Uh, but they're making some changes, and they've got a lot of defensive backs. I think last time I counted, there was 18 defensive backs coming to training camp, and there's probably two or three jobs that are open, and these guys might push some of these vets too. Yeah, exactly. And uh Lucha's, oh, just pure for yeah, that's right. too, yeah. Yeah, and he's going to come in and bring, he's 30 years old, so he's not the same, but he's going to bring the attitude and the desire that Chris Jones wants. And this is the area where I'm really curious about, because the defense wasn't good last year. The secondary really struggled. And now you bring in Grimes, you bring in Ganey, you bring in Purefoy. They're older, though. I mean, this is an older secondary. 
So what the corners are going to look like. Donovan Lumba played well in the final two games, had an interception. Jamie Harry we saw in the last half of the season, a Canadian, who, you know, I think wasn't too bad. Uh, this is going to be a fun area to watch in training camp. They got a lot of halfbacks. They need to find the corners. Uh, that's the situation. So that's our take on the Elks roster moving into training camp, which will begin on the 14th, which is uh, one week from tomorrow. Uh, the Elks will be on the field for the first time this year. Dave, you got a lot more coming up on the draft after the break. And, uh, man, I'll let you take it home from there. And uh, thanks for coming in. Yeah, you betcha. All right, this is the Elks This Week on 630 Chet. Now, more football talk on the Elks This Week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Welcome back to the Elks this week. My name is Dave Campbell, taking you the rest of the way. And a programming note, uh, a week from today, Morley and I will be down at Commonwealth Stadium for uh, the final off-season show of the Elks this week uh, before we transition to uh, an in-season show a couple of weeks later. Uh, Morley and I will be down at Commonwealth because it's medical day for a training camp. Day one of training camp on field will be the following day on the uh, Sunday, May 14th, Mother's Day. So, uh, uh, that's what's going to happen next week is uh, 9 to 10. Morley and I down live from Commonwealth Stadium for uh, medical day as a uh, training camp will get underway the following day. And the countdown to the CFL season is uh, definitely in the home stretch. Single game tickets for the full 2023 Edmonton Elks schedule went on sale yesterday. So in addition for fans being able to uh, purchase single game tickets to all 10 home games, the club also unveiled the uh, 2023 game theme. So you get your first taste of Elks uh, football on May the 27th. That's the final preseason game at home against the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And then the home opener, June 11th. That's a Sunday at uh, 5 o'clock against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. For more information, you can head to GoElks.com. Now, one area of the Elks roster that uh, Morley and I did not handicap and go over was the kicking game. Let's do that now. And a big move was made on Thursday of this week as uh, Sergio Castillo released by the club. This was a cap-related move as Chris Jones uh, had approached Castillo on basically... uh, he needed him to take a bit of a pay cut, and Sergio Castillo did not want to do that. So Chris Jones tried to trade him, and Jeff Hamilton, who uh, is the fine uh, Bombers beat writer for the Winnipeg Free Press, had tweeted on Thursday that the Elks and Bombers were in trade discussions, but they could not come to an agreement on a trade. So eventually, uh, Castillo was released on Thursday. So uh, tough decision for the Elks, but uh, you know they have their reasons uh, to make the move or to ask for the pay cut they didn't want to cut Castillo but uh, they didn't want to keep him at the current salary and Castillo didn't want to have have the pay cut he was going to bring his family up to Edmonton uh, so that's tough so he signed uh, eventually signed with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers so Castillo last year 84% success rate on field goals so so the kicking game is going to be an area to watch uh, because now the Elks they need uh they're going to need two kickers to perform all three duties, kickoff, punt, and field goals, uh, because you're going to have to have a global on the roster because you're required to have one. And the globals they have is on the roster currently is Ryan Mescal of Australia and uh, Brazil's Rafael Gaglioni. The Canadians are Greg Hutchins, who's actually been around since uh, 2019 uh, with the club off and on. He's from UBC. Matt Domagella had a 75% success rate in uh, Hamilton last year before being cut in favor of Seth Small. And their one punt 
American punter, the only American punter they have on the roster, uh, Noah Getman, will be uh, in camp, we would suspect. So kicking game is going to be very, very interesting. Elks also release Avery Ellis, the veteran defensive end, who was part of the deal for the Montreal Alouettes uh, for uh, a third-round pick coming to Edmonton in exchange for defensive end Thomas Costigan and defensive uh, back Nafis Lyon. Elks also made a couple of uh, signings this week. Uh, one is national defensive lineman Olivier Charles-Pierre out of Incarnate Word, and that's where uh, running back Kevin Brown uh, was recruited from and, and signed out of. And American Cam Sullivan Brown, who is a receiver out of uh, Massachusetts. So a couple of uh, free agent signings before camp begins next week. Right now, let's go back to the CFL draft uh, on Tuesday, and the Elks with the second overall selection. They pick out of the University of Montreal Carabin, six foot two, two hundred twenty-two pound linebacker uh, Michael Broderick, who a bit of a surprise pick because Luala Guac from Edmonton, who played for TCU, who uh, made the uh, champ- national championship ex- uh, appearance earlier this year against Georgia, was really touted as being someone that the Elks are, were interested in, and they definitely did have interest. Now, I heard this, uh, a source told me about a couple hours before the draft began that uh, there were CFL teams that were backing off of Aguac, and the Elks were one of those teams because he, he had cut weight. So Francis Bemi out of uh, Southern Utah kind of came in more into the uh, more into focus for the Elks. Now Guac went to uh, the Montreal Alouettes with a seven overall pick. Bemi a pick later to the BC Lions. But here's... Michael Broderick, who was uh, one of the stars of the Combine here in Edmonton, especially during the team periods, uh, which was a new format. It's a, They had more 12-on-12 drills and more football-related activity, and Broderick uh, definitely stood out, had uh, three interceptions during the team periods, and uh, Chris Jones says he just stood out, and that's why we picked him. And we've watched a lot of film, and again, I've got to uh, give credit to the young guys that uh, that we've got working in our personnel department. I mean, we've uh, Ben's run all the analytics, and uh, and Franz and 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 Jordan, they've done a great job of just grinding through the film and, and trying to call as many people as we can. And and uh, of course, Marcus Howe's heavily involved in our Canadian side, and so uh, I've got to give them all the credit uh, for for the pick, and we. We uh, came to an agreement uh, late last night, early this morning, on exactly who we were going to take, who could make the biggest impact uh, this year, and uh, and that's what we that's what we've come up with. I mean, he's the uh, he's the third best athlete with all the the metrics that we look at, the analytics that we look at. He's the third best athlete uh, in the draft, even as a 225-pound linebacker, and he's the third best uh, analytic uh, athletic guy in his position in the last 16 years. So. We uh, at his position, so he's a tremendous athlete. We look forward to having him, and uh, and again, as many places as he can play, showed lots of versatility. Broderick joined Reed Wilkins on Tuesday night on 6:30. Chat Inside Sports uh, to talk about uh, his reaction to being selected by the Elks second overall. Extremely excited. Um, we were expecting that. I mean, uh, the second I heard my name uh, on the television, I, I was expected to call. I, well, I thought uh, I was going to have a, a phone call before uh, seeing my name on TV, but uh, my agent, uh, 10 seconds uh, before calling my name on TV, texted me and he's like, you're a second overall, congrats. And I was like, what? Now, in the 2022 draft, in the lead-up, the Elks were very busy. They traded down from number one 
went to number four and picked uh, Enoch McConzo, became their starting Sam linebacker partway through the season. And then they traded for another pick in the first round, eighth overall, and that ended up being Trey Ford, quarterback out of Waterloo. This year, there were no trades by any team, but that didn't mean that there wasn't a chatter about the second overall pick, according to GM and head coach of the Elks, Chris Jones. Well, there was some there was some interest from other teams to try to move up to that spot, and you know once we kind of came to this uh, agreement last night that you know this is the direction that we need to go because there's some awful good football players in this first round, and uh, you know a lot of it's not like that a lot of teams can can pick a wrong guy, you know. So there's some good football players, and we had to go through every single one of them because we didn't want to leave any stone unturned. Another notable pick for the Elks was their second round pick, 18th overall. That was a territorial pick, and the Elks picked Jacob Taylor from the University of Alberta Golden Bears, a linebacker, can also play defensive back. Uh, the Probably the best athlete, pure athlete in the draft. Bit of a project, but definitely could someone, someone that could uh, contribute on special teams. Michael Broderick will contribute on special teams as well as uh, the Elks, according to assistant GM G. Roy Simon, who I spoke to after the or partway through the draft, we're getting bigger, we're getting more physical, we're getting tougher, we're getting faster. So the Elks uh, heading off to the season. Feeling good, like every other team. Rookie camp begins this coming Wednesday. And remember, a week from today, Morley and I will be down at Commonwealth Stadium for medicals as training camp gets underway on the field a day later. And it's the the, uh, 2023 season is upon us. Thanks for listening to the Elks this week. My name is Dave Campbell. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.